What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 63 of Around the Crease. This week, Michael Ward and I are talking about parents behaving badly, and we're starting now. All right, Michael, welcome back. We, we missed last week, so uh, it's time for us to, to catch up a little bit and see what's going on. So how you been? <laughs> I've been good. I don't even realize that we missed last week. So that's that's how screwed up I am right now. Yeah, it's been it's been definitely a, a busy week for, for the both of us. I've kind of lost track of how many words that I write per week with all the notebooks and stuff like that, oh. not to count all the editing and stuff like that. I do like usually by the time Friday gets here, I'm it's just kind of, OK, now I can breathe for few hours and then it cranks right back up <laughs> yeah i i the the writing stuff i'm getting better i'm i'm i pat myself on the back now that i can do it on a google doc and send it to you yeah as sense. opposed to <laughs> taking a picture of it and sending it and... one one less step whenever you right to figure it well out, yeah so. yeah and i think i've got it where you got where i could have my notebook the way you want it and then I might still might do too much editorializing in it, but that pops up. And then my breakdown of the game, because that's the part I really like. I yeah. really like talking about the games that I go see and try to break those down as much as I can, because that's the fun part for me. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we'll be doing, um, well, actually, I guess for, so everybody knows we're, we're going to talk about a topic that we've been dancing around for a few weeks, because obviously you've been to some games, I've been to some games, and obviously I have been covering high school sports for Longer than I'm going to say right now, because I don't want to admit it, <laughs> but for a long time. Um, and after having Matt Noonan on last week's podcast, so if anybody didn't listen to that, I'll have that linked uh, in the show notes as well. But we kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, parental behavior, I guess. And this isn't a new topic. I think we've, I think we literally danced around this on a couple other episodes earlier in the year. Um, I think when we talked with Lee from Florida Lacrosse News, I think we tiptoed around the subject um, and got away with me like, hey, we're going to talk about this later. It is now later. So, um, but... I know if so, we're recording this on Easter. So everybody who's seen this will have already read your notebook uh, by this point. And if you haven't, I will have that link below as well. So why don't you talk kind of kick us off and talk about what kind of spurred that section of your notebook this week? Well, let's just say it wasn't this week necessarily. It's been a culmination of what I've been seeing over the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. Now, if you'll recall, and for people who don't know this, they can go back and look this up. I wrote an article uh, in the fall. November, in yeah, November, somewhere in the fall. Yeah, and I'll link basically, that below as well. Basically about parents, and I've been posting it on Twitter, and I just keep saying now I'm going to post this every time. <laughs> so if you're following me on Twitter, you'll keep seeing this post come up because every time I go to a game, <laughs> some parent will say something, and I I tweet, I'll be posting a new article. I'll be posting an article. Yeah. So, um, what's funny is now. You know, I don't want to sound like some stuck up dude in the world, but I come, you know, I go to these games and I'm traveling everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I wear my Lax Records hat with the logo on it and I have my pullover with the logo on. So I'm very visible, visible, yeah. uh, visible. And people come up to me all the time. I love your stuff. I read your stuff. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Like you get noticed, which yeah. is very nice. And it, it, it's sort of gratifying the fact that someone's listening and, and they appreciate it. The, the appreciation that I get is yeah. great. Like, please keep doing it. You're shining a spotlight on the Midwest. That's what I want. So over this time, uh, most of the time I like sitting with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I like to blend in. I like to, you know, I usually take my hat off. I usually sit in a corner away from people uh, so I can tweet, so I can write stuff down because again, uh, 
analog guy in a digital world. Right. I write people's names down. I write numbers down. I tweeting is a pain for me to <laughs> to watch. But the parents have still gone. You're still seeing parents who are losing their minds. Yeah. I mean, just, and it's over the most trivial, trivial things like a perceived bad, bad call and they're losing their mind. And I'm going, what's wrong with you? And they're swearing. Yeah. Uh, there's been a, you know, how much money are you getting paid? Like, I literally want to tap the guy <laughs> and say, do you really think these refs are getting paid to, <laughs> to give it to the other team? Like, I don't, I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand what goes through someone's mind. I mean, how can you be that? I know, again, I'm a parent. I have a son who plays lacrosse. There are bad calls. There are good calls. Yeah. I don't say a word. My son is the smallest kid on the team. He gets pummeled. The other parents start yelling and I look at him like, do you hear me yelling? Yeah. He's small. He, he, he goes in, tries to play tough, gets pounded. That's the game. Yeah. I've never yelled about a referee, ever. I've yelled at uh, my kids about playing, but I've never <laughs> yelled at a ref. Um, I've seen this going on, and two things always stick in my head. These people don't know the rules. It's usually the loudest person in the world <laughs> who's screaming, and he doesn't know the rules. Every time a kid lifts his arm when someone's got a stick on his arm is not warding. It's not warding. I hear warding yelled. At, now, I, again, I have to preface this. This doesn't happen when I'm out east as much. Um, it happens. Oh, the warding part. Yeah. The warding. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. It, it, it happens. Because I, I have stories about that. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Oh, but I, believe me. I've seen that as well. I've seen the normal stuff as well. But the I hear warding call, uh, parents yelling warding 10 times a game. Like any time here, when a tapman comes around and a deep hole's got his arm on a stick, he's allowed to move the stick. He's not gaining himself an advantage. Yeah, he is just get or it's under his arm. Anytime they see an arm go up, they're like, "Well, uh, you know, warding, warding." It's sort of like when a, when a pitcher takes his foot off the mound and oh. and people are screaming balk. balk. Like, yeah, it's not a balk. Yeah, it's, yeah, it might seem like it, but it isn't. So that's one. And then the other one is when um, on a shot and the ball goes out of bounds. It's the first, it's the body closest to the ball, not the end line. Right. Like the ball might go out to the side and a kid on the other side will run to the end line and be standing there and a parent screaming, he was at the end line, he was at the end line. And I'm going, yeah, but that kid was closer to the ball and it's yeah. closest to the ball yeah. and it's the body. It's not the stick. Right. Like I, I you know, I want to walk around with, with, with the rule book saying, he's well, just well, see, if you think of that, like, like the, the defenseman, you'd always have the defenseman out there because they have the longest right. stick on that end of the field. Like the short right. sticks would right. come I out mean, with the short stick. <laughs> I understand people do use the stick and stick it out because, yeah. you know, it might sway a ref. And again, I don't have a problem with trying to sway a ref. ref. I don't have a problem with well, uh, coaches. Hand is, hand is part of the body, right? Right. So, right. And, and I don't have a problem with a coach when there's a bad call or a questionable call. Getting on the ref. That's his job. That's what these guys are getting paid for, too. You know, these these are re coaches. Some of them know that you sort of work the referee. Yes. It sort of might backfire. If you get on a referee too much, he's not. he might glare you down and just not throw a flag. Yeah. So there's a fine line for coaches to take. But the parents screaming at him, I've never in my life heard from a referee who said, I'm totally going to change my call because that guy in the stands was screaming at me, calling me an asshole. 
That's yeah. totally going to work. This yeah. guy calling me every name in the book, screaming at me. And the part that I love the most, or I actually hate, but I'm saying love, is that they go on for five minutes about the same thing. The play's been over. There's been two goals and the quarter changed. And yeah. the guy still yelling about the perceived slight five minutes ago in the game that had no bearing in the game. Yeah. Didn't cause anything. Although there was a goal the other night and someone's like, that goal's on you, uh, ref. That goal's on you. Now, I will tell you this. It was a ride. I'll tell you the game. It was HSC versus Carmel. It was a great ride by uh, a HSC kid. Awesome. I mean, what a top-notch textbook ride. Awesome. Got the Carmel kid. Got him out of bounds. During that, right before he was pushed out of bounds, Carmel called timeout. Excellent timeout. I yeah. didn't hear it. No one in the stands heard it. Yeah. All, everyone goes to the sideline. They come back. Carmel's got the ball. A dad, whoever probably will hear was losing his mind, screaming about it. Now, at this point, I knew it was a timeout. It was called. The referee yeah. went over and talked to both coaches. Carmel's ball. Ref, the coach for HSC standing there. No big deal. No nothing. This guy's going crazy. And I'm like, if the coach isn't going crazy, you might want to know that. I mean, there's your there's your clue. Right. Look at the coach. If the coach is going crazy, because if anyone's going to go crazy, it's a coach. I mean, these are, you know, high-strung guys, you know, type <laughs> A dudes. If they're not going crazy on the sideline about a perceived slight that a parent in the, in the stand sees, yeah. maybe you should zip it. Okay? That's, that, that's usually just look at the coach. If he's not complaining, odds are you have nothing to complain about. My other thing that I said to a parent a couple weeks ago that I just got, because every single time a stick touched a kid, he was screaming, penalty, 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 what's wrong with you? But then when it happened the other side, there was never a word. Yeah. So finally I went up to him after the game and I said, you seem to have been very upset with the referees in this game. He's like, I thought they were garbage. They did this. They didn't call this. They didn't call this. I said, were you upset with the refs or were you upset that the refs didn't call it your way? I said, because if you were really upset with the refs, I could understand, but then you should have said it when your guys were hammering their kids and they didn't call anything. But I didn't hear you complaining on that side. You only complained when it affected you. So was it the refs or was it the fact that you didn't get it? And he stood there dumbfounded. Like he did, he literally didn't have an idea of what to say. And I just walked away. Like it takes a lot for me to bite my tongue. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot for me to, I couldn't help it because it was every, I mean, every time down. He was calling for it. So oh, that's the only thing that's the only thing that bugs me about this is is the is the you know, and it's not all the parents. It's usually one or two, maybe three. And usually what happens is if one guy does it on one team and then starts yelling about the other team, you'll always get another guy on the other team going back. Right. But they're they're, it's almost like a proxy yell. One's yelling at the ref for this side and the other, but they're actually yelling at each other, but they're yes. doing it. They're doing it with the, with the case, like they're aiming it at the referee. Yeah. And then when you get the moms going and at it, I, I, I say, I say this in all honesty, if someone wanted to make a documentary <laughs> and just go with a hidden camera to sporting events, I'm not saying this is lacrosse. I will tell you this. Oh, lacrosse, not, yeah. lacrosse is one of the more <laughs> genteel sports around. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's 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 everywhere, but it's not as bad in, in lacrosse as it is everywhere. If they came with, if someone just came with a camera, 
and just videotaped it. Just sat there with a camera and panned the crowd. Just never even looked at the game. Panned the, and then showed it to the people after the game. Oh, to say, yeah. hey, would you sign this release because making a documentary? I can't imagine one person would say, oh, yeah, I want to be on camera for that because I look really good in this. Yeah. I think you could shine a light on these people because these are, you know, again, people have recognized me. I've had them come up to me and apologize. I've had parents come up to me before the game and warn me. I'm apologize what you're about to see. Little Johnny's dad um, is going to be in the stands tonight. <laughs> right. A couple of these parents do this. Um, I've gotten, he's a really good guy. He just loses it when his kid's playing. His kid's the nicest kid in the world. The dad's the nicest, but he just loses it. Like, they are telling me the name of the kid, the name of the parent, where yeah. I sometimes go, is public shaming next? Do I just <laughs> do I just start writing names? You know, I would never do that. Uh, I would edit those out. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it would never get by you. I know that. Uh, it's my Twitter account when I was sitting in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, that I can't control. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are parents. But that's on you, too. I'm like, you're going to have to see those parents on the oh, sidelines. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Uh, but there has been people, wa- which I'm amazed by. Because then also, I've talked to college coaches who have said, "Yes, um, I have dropped commitments. Yep. I have dropped recruits based on their parents' behavior. And I, all I keep thinking is, if I walk into a game and I'm just some no-name guy writing uh, Twitter things for, for Midwest High School lacrosse, and people are telling me about the people I have to be worried about, yeah. you don't think a coach who gets paid and does, does his due diligence yeah. doesn't know every parent and every kid he's looking at? And I've talked to, I don't know if it's the same coach, and I'll leave him out of it, because I, uh, um, I can't re- it's one of many over the years, and I've heard it from many of them, but I've asked, like, you know, what, what's a difference maker? Like, you got two kids, you got player A and player B, and they're pretty close in talent level. Like, what stuff are you looking like looking at? And obviously, grades is one of the big ones. Obviously, they look at grades, like, which one do you think will be easier to get into school? Because, you know, if it's you take the easier one if you can. But then they're also like... We look at their parents, like when we're at games, because obviously they're going, you know, they're not really going to the high school games, but it's even more interesting when you get to some of the recruiting events. So like, Ooh, and I know yeah, you've been to yeah, those, but like yeah. this stuff gets as bad, if not worse sometimes um, at some of the recruiting events. And I've talked to coaches like, if we see the kids, if, if the parents are screaming and yelling and they're really getting on the ref or they're getting on the coaches or we see them you know, riding their kid on the sideline, like they're not saying that like it's an absolute deal breaker. But if the kids are close, they're going right. to like, because they realize, like, we got to look at how the parents are now. And we're, he's like, part of their job is like, they manage the kids when they're in college, but they're like, all right, you know, it's the, I think the new term is snowplow, snowplow parents. I figure, like, I saw it a few weeks ago. He's got helicopter dads, lawnmower moms, and I think it was snowplow parents. <laughs> I don't even like, know what there's all, there's all kinds of terms. It was a new one I heard, and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a new one on me. I'm a parent. I don't know these terms. Yeah. Oh, you've never heard helicopter parent? And, oh, uh, I've heard helicopter lawn, parent. Lawnmower I re- parent. I just recently heard the lawnmower, but yeah. the snowplow is completely new. <laughs> Actually, the uh, it was the Jacksonville men's coach years ago told me he was like, oh, he's like the helicopter parents are bad. He's like, the lawnmower dads are worse. <laughs> like, I was, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure what the lawnmower entails, though. Like, they... um, you basically will put get, run over anything in your kid's way. Okay. Like, okay. 
Um, but uh, which I think is the same snowplow, the snowplow, snowplow okay. lawnmower. Snowplow, what a, yeah. snowplow works better for me in that. Maybe in that it works ass. better in the Midwest. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, Especially uh, now still. Yeah. Although today it's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, it, but it was coach. He was like, you know, because w- when we get the kid to campus, like we got enough stuff on our plate. We don't want to have to manage the parents in addition to everything else we got to manage. So if it's close, like they will shy away from a kid. I mean, obviously, if you get a kid that's a phenomenal talent, like. Brennan O'Neill, if his parents were right. absolutely horrendous, yeah, right. they'll they'll figure it out. Like you know, right. I've had coaches um, in football tell me that you know we literally walked into a, a recruiting coach's office and he had all the kids um, and their GPAs on the on the whiteboard. And we're like, how are you going to get this kid in here? And we knew the kid like he was fun. He was like, for him, we'll get him in. Like there's so talent goes a long way. Talent um, goes the farthest if you're yeah. really talented. But like we're talking, like kids are close, so you can. It's one of those like, and I don't think the parents realize that because you know, and it's always one of those things like I find funny because you, like, in lacrosse it happens, and I th- like it happens in every sport. Like I've been on AAU sidelines for basketball, I've been on a lot of football sidelines, and it happens everywhere. But I think with lacrosse, like out here, I've noticed the crowds are a lot smaller. It is much easier to identify you the person, and there's not as many. In football, there's like six people or seven people, and it's a whole stadium, and you can't see or any, like the people in and the stands also a, know. There's also a buzz the whole time. Yes, right. so it's really harder to identify. But you know, when you get to a lacrosse game, like for example, like I went to a game uh, a few weeks ago, and it wasn't necessarily the parents, but it was the kids in the stand, and they were egging the players on. Oh, and I've heard that too. And it was just like, you know, trying to get on them and get on them and get on them. And, you know, to be honest, the player didn't do himself any favors by reacting. But, and, and I'm not going to say it's a Midwest thing because I was at the MIA championship game a few years ago and there was kids on the stand and they were getting on, um, Liam Powderly. And it's like anybody who knows recruiting, I think, uh, excuse me if I'm wrong, but I think he's like five, six, five, seven. He's not a tall kid. He's a extraordinarily talented very quick and can score he's going to do very well in college but the um opponents were they were riding about his height you wouldn't have known if you just looked at him you'd have never known like the stuff that these kids were saying were was horrendous like and they were trying to get a rise out of him right the championship game trying to try and get trying to get in his head um you know luckily i haven't heard parents do that but you know i've been on i was at haverford school years and years ago and I was standing on the sidelines. And whereas I know, like, when we've been to games, that same game, like, I always stand on the side with the coaches and the players. <laughs> One of that is because usually I'm taking photos, and it's usually either get pictures of coaches and stuff like that when I'm close. But I learned many, many years ago that standing on the sideline where parents have access to me really prevents me from being able to do my job because most people want to come up and talk. And they'll be like, oh, you see, you see number 42? That, that's my kid. Watch, watch. Like, they just constantly want to tell you how good their their kid is and i'm like well i'm i know you're watching one i'm trying to watch everybody and see what's going on because i'm doing something different so like i learned years ago like i stand away uh so i can kind of be plus i don't want to be influenced like i like to see what i want to see i i don't want to be influenced i talk to the coaches and i talk to you know the players and the people who follow the teams to get my information like because i they're biased too but of course, they're going to tell me, but I always, I don't always, mind their bias though. I'm always sure to ask the coaches, like who are the players on the other team that impressed you today? Cause I want to make sure if that's matched up, like if, you know, I know the head coach is going to give me his players that either are the kids going to college or a kid that he's hoping to get into college. So he's like, Oh, if I mention this kid's name here, 
he, you know, he'll get a little, he'll get written up and maybe he'll get noticed by college coaches. Whereas, you know, if I ask the opposing coaches, like he's got no skin in the game for the most part on the opposing team. So that's, that's usually how I go about, you know, finding out my information on the, each team. Cause then I like to see if any of those match up. And honestly, most, most of the time they do. Most coaches are pretty, pretty on the up and up with that stuff. Um, but I remember being on the sideline at Haverford school years ago and the parents, and I could not tell who they were yelling at because I think they were just kind of generally screaming because they were yelling at the ref at one point and then they were yelling at their son because I remember standing standing next to the kid and his friend tapped him on the shoulder. He's like, he, he's like, I can see your dad showed up today. And the kid just shook his head and he was like, I, he's like, I really wish he'd stop coming to games. Like, and it was that that kind of moment you're just like, wow. I was like, so this isn't, and like the kid never looked like the his they right. didn't you look they didn't look in the stands and see who it was like they just knew based on you know voice and temper it was like I was like this kid is probably I was like and, they, and we're talking a high school kid like this kid's probably dealt with this for years and years like it's just gotten to the point and his friends was probably knowing like luckily they didn't ride the friend too much but it was just one of those like and it was I mean we're talking about a big crowd too and it's just and like I look at him like. The funny part was when they were they they started trying to make some comments to Coach Nostrant. Oh, oh was, right. I mean, former Marine. Right. He he he's forgotten more about lacrosse than anybody in those stands will ever know, and he never reacted. And I think it, it was just it was just funny. Like it was just you could see he heard, but it was just one of those things. Like he looked over, like tapped his assistant coach on, the, and just kind of shook his head. And his coach just laughed. I'm like, what? What? Where are you going with that one? <laughs> it's like, right. It does like, sense. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. So it's like, it's nothing new. And it's not like, a, not a, a lacrosse only thing. But it's a bit of a problem. I mean, I think last summer there was that video that went on. And I think it was softball or something. Like where the group of parents got into a physical altercation. Because one parent was drawn. And then another parent picked up and was drawn the other way. And then... They stopped pretending that they were yelling at the right. refs and just started right. yelling at each other, and then it boils over. And like, I think I've gotten to the point where I almost tune it out. Like, unless it gets really, really bad, I'm able to kind of tune it out and just kind of ignore for the most part. And again, because I stand on the opposite side, right? It's it harder to difference. tell. But you know, I've been at the Under Armour games where, you know, it's one of those, and like I've I've watched coaches talk about like, oh yeah, that's so and so's parent. And I'm like, that's horrible. I, I'm like, that's horrible. It's right. like you're talking about like the the coaches that are on the side because you gotta realize like a lot of those times those coaches. Um, I don't know if you've ever been, but there's one field that has um, it's down the middle and it's college coaches only because they segregated them from the parents so they can do their job. Right. Um, but one of the fields faces where the parents, so the parents all sit against the tree line and stare. So the coaches can see exactly who the people <laughs> are yelling. Like it's not even hard. And I mean, there's enough people on the sideline, but it's also one of those like it's not. You know, people are sitting in tree lines and they're usually in the shade. And I've watched coaches be like, "Yeah, that's you know number 15's parents." And I'm like, "So it's not even secret. It's not like you're hiding or one thing." And right. I'm like, "You're at a recruiting event." with college coaches and while yes your player is there to perform and do well coaches are watching you they're watching everything because they need to know that if they're bringing a kid on the campus what kind of like they know what kind of player they're getting based on the play but they want to know what kind of character what kind of parent like they want to know everything they're like you said they're doing their due diligence so i've said it before i'm like if you think you're helping your kid by telling him this stuff like you're only making him play worse because if nothing else like he's going to be like the Haverford school kid where he's embarrassed and 
that's not going to make them play better. Like, you know, no, that's, like, you're that's not sad. helping anybody. You're not helping your kid by yelling at him um, on the sideline. And if you think you're, like you said, no referee is going to be like, oh, well, Johnny in the stands said I blew that call. So right, you're right, sir. Yeah, I- I'm going to reverse it. It's never happening. Yeah, and and the other part, and this is, I'm just getting on the 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 referee part. Okay, the parent on the referee. I because as I said to somebody yesterday, I said, uh, because someone was yelling just like nonstop, and I'm going every time, and then I said, <laughs> they're not going to be real happy when there's no referees. Yeah. I, I said they won't be happy when referees don't show up. You know, like I think one of the comments was like, why'd you even show up? And then I said, well, maybe they won't one day and your kid won't be able to play for anybody. Yeah. And won't that be a shame? You know, or flip side, you might get athletic directors who say there's no <laughs> they're playing in front of no parents. Yeah. Or they're playing in front of no crowds. Again, at a U11 tournament, I saw or yeah. maybe it was U9. I saw the referees clear the sidelines. Yeah. Everyone get out. This is an outdoor field. This it yeah. was in Louisville. This every, you have to walk away from the, there's 10 fields. They cleared out the whole thing. They had to finish the game with no parents on the sideline. Yeah. With no fans on the sideline. And they the refs walked up to all the parents, talked to the two coaches and said, "Both of you will get forfeited if you don't get your parents out of here." And yeah. they cleared the sidelines. I know some of these parents. I know who it was. I know which teams it were. I know the parents. I still know the parents, and I always bring it up. Yeah, I always bring it up. Remember when you guys got uh, <laughs> kicked out of this thing? I remember it like it was yesterday. I know exactly the spot they were on the field. I know what team it was, and it just boggles the mind. Like, why does that happen? Now, I will say this. A, a game the other day, a parent, when the parents are standing on the fence, that's even, you know, these are these are parents. Now I stand on the, I used to stand on the fence a lot too. Yeah. And I but I sit there and I don't say anything. I talk to myself. When I'm watching a game, I talk to myself the whole time. Because I'm saying, you should be cutting, there should be the move, come around this way, come around. I cheer for like both teams. Yeah. Like at just a, a digress on this. I was in the Loyola Academy New Cheer game uh this past week. Yeah. I was in the press box. It was me. So they New Cheer has two press boxes. They have one on one side, one on the other. Mm-hmm. So I was on the inert. I was in the inert one, I guess. I was with all the parents. The people across the field were doing the other one. I had the Loyola Academy kid who was filming the game in the box with me. Yeah. And I asked him before the game started, "Does this? Are you recording sound on this?" And he's like, "I don't. I don't think so." <laughs> uh, I said, "Okay." So the whole game, I basically was giving my doing a running commentary. Yeah. Like. This I'm like, oh, you should go. Now, I knew all the kids from Nutria and Loyola. I, I knew almost every single one of them. I know almost all their parents. And I was giving running commentary the whole thing, just talking to myself. Like, yeah. there's no, like the kid wasn't listening to me. <laughs> well, I get a text message from Coach Snyder the next day. And he's <laughs> Loyola's head coach. And he's like, I heard your whole entire commentary. Your whole, <laughs> he's like, I just got finished walking the thing. He's like, I just heard your whole commentary of the game. <laughs> and I go... I go, that's, I go, I literally talk to myself if I play it. I go, I don't think I said anything inappropriate. <laughs> I go, and I don't think I said anything wrong. And he goes, it was fine. It's funny. He goes, I will be erasing it, you know, <laughs> yeah. when I show it to my team. But I'm, I sat there, I'm like, okay, could you imagine if you were a parent and had a microphone on you the whole entire game? Yeah. Because there is. Because when I'm sitting there oh, filming, yeah. so I film my son in his JV games. 
because at this point I don't even talk to him about his game anymore. Yeah. I just come home, I put it on, I walk away, and then I say to him afterwards, what did you think? And he says, I should have done this, I might have done this, I looked good here. That's all. That's the best teacher in the world. But if you listen to this playback, <laughs> I could pick up people from 50 yards away yeah. talking. If I sold, if I blackmailed people, <laughs> I could. I mean, that's how that's how sensitive these microphones are. So all the parents, someone has you on tape. Oh yeah, everybody's got a cell, uh, mobile, uh, smartphone in their pocket nowadays. Like you know, if you like, we're all basically being recorded. Sure. <laughs> but when you have the something. but would you have the video cameras that are for each team? Like oh make yeah, it the... there. And the and the guy is in front of it. I go. That coach comes in. Watches that tape, hears you like they heard me, yeah, and hear it. So, I, you know, I just hope, I just hope, hope, hope that if you if you bang it home enough, um, that it could change. I mean, I I almost want to say something in the game, but I know where it's going to go. I know exactly how it's going to go down. Yeah. I know exactly what's going to happen, and I'm like, that might be what needs to happen, but. Do I want to go get into a fight over a high school lacrosse game in yeah, no. you know the Midwest? No. Uh, and funny enough, my son came to me with a game uh, a few weeks back, and just normal sideline parent yelling, not, yeah. nothing out of the uh, out of the ordinary, but like the constant telling the kid what to do: pick up the ground ball, throw it over there, pass it over there, go over there. And and my son looks at me and goes, "Is this like this every game?" I go, "Yeah, <laughs> it is." He goes, "Do the parents know we can't hear him saying that?" I go, "No." They don't. And he goes, and do they not think we know how to play that we need to be told to pick up the ball, pass the ball, move the ball? Like the whole time. They sit there. It's like a play-by-play. Yeah. The balls, I love when everyone yells, down, down, ball, ball, ball. I'm like, they're out there. They they know that. Yeah, like, they know. <laughs> thanks. Like, I, I, again, I always think I want a kid just to turn around like, hey, thanks. I didn't know the ball was on the ground. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for pointing it out. Yeah. It's just – so hopefully people watch this. And hopefully the people who do this uh, – if they even realize they do it, if they even realize that their friends and their parents sitting with them talk about them and say, yeah, they are real morons watching the game. Love the guy. Great people. Great family. But when they're watching the game, they lose it. I'm hoping that maybe out of this, instead of being offended that we might be pointing them out, because we're not, and I could drop some names. Yeah. I got a list of them. Uh, but just say, as I said in the article, if you think I'm talking about you, I am. Yeah. And I mean, if I, it makes you change. That's all we want. Yeah. And I mean, I like, I'm, I'm never going to call someone out. Not honestly. And not because I want to protect the parent, but because they have a kid that plays high school and there's no real need to embarrass the kid. Like, right. you know, but it's one of those things like if you are listening or watching this and you're upset that you know I'm like oh but you know the rest blow the call they need to be told like if you're having that reaction if you're having that visceral reaction you can feel it right right in the pit of your stomach that you're getting a little bit angry that we're not on your side then we are talking about you because right. there is no reason to, there, there's really no reason to react like that and like when I when I was talking to uh Matt last on last week's podcast like I, I readily admit it's like I have yelled at a referee in my living room Watching a high school, watching a college basketball game—that's as close to what, as I get. <laughs> that's it. But 
that's like I would never do it in person. One, when I thought anybody could hear me. Plus, two, it's like you're yelling at the TV. It's a different thing. Like, and I don't even do that anymore. Like, that was a unfortunate byproduct of living with my brother for many, many years and watching ACC basketball. <laughs> but it's when it was like when I go to a game and I see this stuff and you see the reaction. Like a lot of times, like there will be times like I get embarrassed for the parents because I'm just like I look at it, I'm like, you know, these referees like. None of the referees are being paid. Well, they're being paid. They're not being paid to throw a game because let's be honest, like no no one no high school program has enough money. If they have enough money to give to a referee to throw a game, they're probably pretty good to begin with. So they're probably right, getting a good right. enough caliber of player that they don't need to be spending money on, you know, having high school refs throw games. And it's just one of those things like it's 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 ridiculous and I think my biggest concern is cuz I've seen more and more and more stories about referee not having enough referees and getting to the point where like referees are aging out and there's not enough young people to replace them so it's like if these guys they're retiring and they're calling or they're just be like you know what i've had enough of this and we get to a point and maybe like you said that's what it takes to get to a point where like we have to cancel games like these games are already happened I've, i've heard it's happened there was a year or two ago, I think there was a, some games in Florida that I heard got canceled because they didn't have enough referees. I've heard about it, and it's in spotty across the across the country. Like, it hasn't been widespread enough. Like, if it ever happened to an MIA game, if it ever happened to a championship game, if it ever happened to something like that, then you would see. But then again, I look at them like a lot of those programs, like they would never allow that to happen. Right. Like, it's like some of them, like they have better control over the parents. Like I've heard of teams have parent meetings before the year and they tell the parents this is what we're going to tolerate this is what we will not like they they have their team meeting and then they have a meeting with the parents to tell them like there is a line don't cross it we don't care who you are because you keep in mind some of these parents are high-powered ceos they run businesses and that's they're not used to being told that but when it comes yeah, in it's like this is my this is my well, then, field. Your, chi- then yeah. your kid doesn't play yeah if they're and, losing their mind that much because they're watching their kid, if you threaten mm-hmm. them that their kid won't play, maybe that'll work. Yeah. So I saw a coach the other uh, the other day actually in a game, another game I was at. Parents were yelling on the sidelines, on the fence, the fence guys, screaming at the ref from you know ten feet away. The ref turned around. I was like, "That's enough out of you." The guy kept yelling. He turned around again and said, "If you yell one more time, your team's going to get a penalty." Now yep. this was a very big game. This was a very big game. Uh, another parent from his team came over, put the armor on him, said, you know, calm down. This is going to cost us. At a timeout, one of the assistant coaches ran completely across the field, completely across, ran right in the guy's face, not yelling, but just said, hey, we'll take care of the refs. Like you could see him like trying to loosen them up, saying we'll take care of the refs. That's our job. We'll handle it. Don't you handle it. And that's the point. Yeah, it's the coach's They're, job. Those coaches weren't going crazy. This guy was going crazy, and he almost cost his team in a big game, but the coaches weren't upset about it. Some of these coaches are professional yelling at refs. <laughs> yeah. Coach Snyder from Loyola Academy could work a ref. Like, if he's watching this, I, don't take offense, but you know it's true. <laughs> like, I've seen him walk at the other end. He's not even standing in front of his kid, just working the refs. Yeah. Working the refs. And I mean, I, that's part of what they like. That's what they over do. Experience, that's what they do. Right. And they also realize, like, I mean, I've seen coaches yell at refs as well, like when they think they've blown calls, but they also seem to get it under. They're, they're not. They don't go on for, for five minutes either. Right. They, and then I see a co- and a ref will give them like, "That's enough." Yeah. The co- and they all and they all back off. The ref you know, gives them they that, first that start with side start, eye. Right. They give them that like, side eye and be like, "All right, I've let you." And 
that's it. They, they right. know the line. Like they to- right. they some of them go over it. I've seen right. coaches go over it, right. but it's, it's like I have yet to been to a high school lacrosse game where a coach has got kicked out. And I think like if if you're listening, you think we're going on and on about this. I'm like, yeah, we've covered. It. We are beating the dead horse a little bit, and because one, I don't think we're going to solve. We're not going to solve the issue. No one's going to listen to this and. Well, if we can get one, if we can change no, one, if we can change one, if we can change one, if we get one person to just pause and be like, maybe I won't this game. That's the one. If that's I can save that's one, it. if I can save one life, yeah, that's the that's the point of this. That's the whole point. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, of course, it's beating a dead horse. Yeah. So we'll we'll move on because uh, ironically, this week we are both heading to Long Island, but. Right. We are not going to the same games, and we are going at completely different times. So I thought that was interesting to see um, what talk about what we're both. And again, if you're listening to this now, you probably already watched this week in lacrosse, which is out on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/LaxRecords. It was out on Monday, so you probably know why I'm going to Long Island. But Michael, why are you heading to Long Island this week? Well, um, since I cover the Midwest and basically only the Midwest, Loyola Academy, who we've just mentioned, Coach Schneider a couple of times, who is the coach of Loyola Academy, is taking its second trip out east this year. Uh, their first trip, they went to Baltimore, where they played uh, Bullis, Georgetown Prep, and Calvert Hall, which have top 15 teams. Yeah. Uh, uh, not not regional national yeah Calvert Hall um, probably I think they're I don't know if they're number one yet but right yeah yeah give it I time. mean <laughs> they've they, they've yeah they've they've done it uh and now um now Loyola goes back to Long Island to play Chaminade St. Anthony's and Garden City uh who are I think number three number five and number six ranked in yeah, the nation they're, they're all all top yes. nationally that's right um so I, I would say this is um, since I'm since I, the Midwest is what I care about the most about lacrosse. I'm like I have to go out here to see our Midwest team. Like now, I say this to all the fans, all the people who like the Midwest lacrosse, who are fans of from Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, Missouri, Kansas City, or Kansas. Any any of those, we should all be pulling for Loyola because the national spotlight is on them this week. And if they could if they could break through and make a no and make noise that makes the Midwest look good. Yeah. I don't care what your feeling about them is. I don't care if you don't like them as a team. I don't, but let's see if we could do something out there. Uh, I always hope whenever a Midwest team, no matter what the Midwest team does, no matter who they play, if it's outside the Midwest, I want them to win. Yeah. I might not like the team. I might not like some of the parents. I might not like the coach, but I will like them to win because that's my, my region. So that's why I'm going out there because this is a team that is literally going against the best of the best. They have the means to do it. They have the opportunity to do it, which most schools don't get. So I yeah. don't penalize any schools for not doing this. Right. Uh, they have the talent to go out there and do it. This isn't a team that's saying, hey, we can go out there, so let's go out there and get pummeled. This <laughs> is a team that can go out there and play. Now they went out on this trip. They go out east on these trips every year. Last year they beat Victor, who was the number five team in the country. And they who, beat who won the state championship, right? And then I think Victor's final national ranking was ten, and Loyola Academy wasn't ranked in the top twenty-five, which still boggles the mind. Um, so this is this is sort of to try to uh, validate, I guess, even more. On a national scale, I mean, I know as, as Midwesterners, we don't need the validation. We don't particularly care about the validation. But I like to sit there to say, 
hey, I cover Midwest lacrosse. And they're like, oh, my God, you got some teams there. And I do love hearing that. Yeah. I do love hearing it. There are teams that are well-known in the Midwest oh. that everywhere I go, people always bring up the same teams. I want more teams to be brought up. Yeah. I want more. I want more. There's more teams coming up in Illinois that are going to be good. You know, it's not going to always just be loyal and Nutrier. Right now it is. There are up-and-coming teams in Illinois that are going to be there for a while. There are up-and-coming teams in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Missouri. Minnesota gets no play, and they have a ton of talent. They have a ton. So what we're trying to do is, is, or or me, is try to build the whole thing up, and that's why I'm going to cover this. Um, I'm afraid... I don't know if, you know, Loyal is coming off. They, they were shorthanded in Maryland. They're coming off a lot of injuries. Hopefully they got enough time to gel. Their style of play fits in with the East Coast style of play. They yeah. move all like an East Coast team. They play the same way as an East Coast team. So it will be a different matchup than what they're used to against the other teams in the Midwest, which, which tend to uh, be a little more physical. Yeah. Um, uh, but... This should be a great one. So I'm hoping that they do well. I'm hoping they uh, uh, they represent well because then again they get them back to the Midwest. They play the Nutriers. They play these teams that other teams play. Again, I think Brother Rice could do the same thing. I don't know if their school allows them. I think Brother Rice should be a top 25 ranked team right now. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. You could talk to some coaches who have seen them, who have who have played in the MIAA or have coached yeah. the MIA, and they said this team could play with any of them. Yeah, uh, I think so Coach I think Garland uh, mentioned oh, that yeah, a few weeks Coach ago. Garland, like yeah. you said, they they would right. be they would play well with You're those right. teams. Uh, another coach said uh, he said Brother Rice is is too good. That was they're too good. Um, so that's another team. You know, so th- those are the things. Not everyone can do it. I, like I said, not everyone can. Not everyone can do it. The public schools aren't. You're not going to get many public schools are like, oh, well, let's go take uh, a, a flight oh, yeah. to out east. Now, as I've heard, and plus, I think public schools. Is, um, I don't want to say suffer. Travel. That's the wrong word. But there's different restrictions on travel, right. like how far, how many games you can play. Like you know, sometimes you can only play a certain amount of teams from out of state, or you can right. only travel so many. Like there's every state usually has some sort of restriction. It's not a free for all. So there's right. That's you tough. have to pick and choose. And this is loyal. I, I from what I heard, uh, Loyola will only be able to do one big trip from now on. Yeah. So they they're two airplane trips this year. I think they'll only be able to do one next year. Yeah. So now they might have to and and again, I have said this to them, come back and stay in the Midwest. Like like the East Coast teams gave a Midwest team the opportunity to play them. You know, yeah. what's the upside for for an East Coast team to play Loyola? Like yeah. really. If they lose, they get oh, we lost to a Midwest team. If they win, we beat a Midwest team. Yeah. So I've said it to the I've said it to some of the Midwest coaches. It's time to start paying that back with these other Midwest teams that don't get the chance. Go play them. Yeah. Go let them have a shot. These up and comers. Now I've also said to the Midwest coaches, don't tell a coach that you want to play them just because you think you should. You better be you better be ready to play them. Don't embarrass yourself or or you'll you'll set it back. Yeah. You know. Don't get beat twenty five to nothing. Right. So if you're a team like MICDS, they can go anywhere and play with anybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's other teams. There's a few teams in Minnesota. I'd like to see get a chance to play Brother Rice. Yeah. To play Detroit Catholic. To play think, Loyola Nutri. Yeah, it'd be nice. I think Minnesota. They always have the chance because they start so much later than everybody well, else. I, that like a lot. Of, a lot of teams are those 
out of conference and those flexible games are probably there very few choices that some of the Minnesota programs will will have. So I mean they're unfortunately limited by and the weather got weather killed. I mean, <laughs> weather killed them. I mean they, yeah they, yeah and I mean I've seen Minnesota travel teams yeah in, in, oh, in the yeah, summer they can play. Yeah. Big, physical, and athletic. I mean, they're all, they're again, all hockey players. They're all <laughs> right. So it's it's literally like playing a Canadian team. It, yeah. They play like Canadians. I yeah. mean, it's and and they just don't get the pub. Like I want to I, I want to pull Minnesota in as much as I can and try to get them in because I think they would shock a lot of teams. Yeah. I think I think the top three would come down to any of these states and give every one of them all they could handle, yeah. if not more. So that's the gist of the East Coast trip. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a long drive. I get to see my in-laws who are all from uh, Long Island and uh, I get to see three of the top <laughs> top teams in the country. Yeah. I mean, these are all, it, it's it's a win-win for me. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it so much. Why are you going? Yeah, we're, we're kind of, ta- I guess, tagging out because you leave Thursday right. and then, uh, or I guess you head back to the Midwest on Thursday and I head out east <laughs> on Thursday. I have a 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock flight or something like that on Thursday night. And uh, I am stopping in Baltimore to hang out with my brother um, who lives who lives out there on Friday. But then I am heading out to the Geico Lacrosse Showcase, um, which technically is in its first year, but they've done the Geico High School Lacrosse Tournament the previous two years, and they held that at Catholic University. And I, I won't go into all the details because if you want to see that, I did it in this week lacrosse where I kind of broke down team by team um, and actually got to talk with Darian head coach Jeff Vermeer about preparing for a tournament like this. Um, but it's one of those, like, this is the first year because they moved it. It used to be Memorial Day weekend. And the upside and downside of that is you basically had – Hill Academy and Culver, and then a lot of private schools. And, um, well, I think you had the Woodlands and, well, and Episcopal Academy from Texas the previous two years. But as uh, when I was talking with Coach Premier Darian, a lot of the challenge with that, like for a lot of public schools to play that, one, some teams aren't even done with their regular season. Like New York, they're in their playoffs at that point in time, so they can't even play in it. So you would automatically eliminate uh, Ward Melville or Garden City. Like, they wouldn't even have that opportunity. So they moved it from Memorial Day to this uh, weekend in April, which allowed a different range of schools to participate. So we're looking at um, Ward Melville, St. Anthony's, which is the host school because it's taking place at St. Anthony's. We have Haverford School out of Pennsylvania, Seton Hall Prep out of uh, New Jersey, and uh, – Darien out of Connecticut and Lincoln Sunbury out of Massachusetts. I mean, this is, this is conceivably like every one of these teams could be hoisting a championship by the end of this season. Like there's, I have that right, right? Yeah. Thinking through it in my head. Yeah. So it's not one of those, like you could literally have a tournament where basically six champions played (laughs) and it's not a tournament style. And I keep saying tournament just because out of habit, it's not a tournament. It's a showcase. So like not everybody is going to play each other. The lineup is set for Saturday. The lineup is set for Sunday. Um, But there's some pretty phenomenal matchups in this game. I think Darian out of Connecticut plays Seton Hall prep on Saturday and then they play St. Anthony's on Sunday. And then I forget who Haverford, I think Haverford school plays Ward Melville, um, which I've never got to see Ward Melville play. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, And obviously it's one of those like coach John Nostrance in his last season at Haverford school. So for me, it's nice to see, because I've known him for a number of years as well too. So, I mean, there is a great lineup of teams at this thing and I'm, I'm excited. It was one of those, like when they announced it, like I had already marked my schedule for Memorial day weekend. And then when they changed it, there was a lot of uh, 
him and Han, a few discussions with the wife. <laughs> I was like, should I really go to Long Island for a random Saturday in April, random weekend? And it was like, well, if I'm going east, I might as well try to visit family. Um, right. You got to throw in the family. Yeah. So that, it was kind of – that. I think that was the clincher too. Is like, all right, if I can make one extra day, take the day off work and get there. Um, so, yeah, that that's for me is pretty exciting to, to go there. I mean, the previous two years has been a top-notch event. Like, it is well run. I used to work at ESPN, so I had a little bit of behind-the-scenes knowledge of how these things get put together. So I know they always do a phenomenal job um, putting these things together. Uh, the access, like, it'll be interesting to see for me because the first year they made coaches available, like, kind of in a uh, press room. Second year it was all on the field. So I'm kind of curious to see. Like, I've never been to St. Anthony, so I'll be curious to see what the facilities are like because that, to me, is a legendary school. Um, with legendary players, so like I'm excited for many, many reasons to to go out there and watch these games and kind of report back on what happened. I hope to have a video of uh, kind of highlights from the tournament from the weekend too, so you'll be able to see that on the the YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Like I really, it's Sunday, Easter Sunday. I'm can't I can't wait to leave. I'm already <laughs> figuring. I was like, all right, w- w- make sure I have everything. I'm not packing quite yet, but. I mentally make sure I'm like, all right, don't forget anything. It's not like I'm just heading up the road. I can't turn around and right. <laughs> come back. But it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. If you need something, you can grab it. That's that, why that, I always look at it. That's true as well. But we are, you and I are literally going to be watching, I think, St. Anthony, like back yeah. to back. They play Loyola. The, the, St. Anthony plays Loyola Academy. The next game is Lincoln Sudbury. So you'll be out there for the one game. I'll be out there for the other game. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be a s- lax record. There'll be lax record representation out there. They're going to be like, who are you guys? Yes, there will be. I, you know, I mean, they know you. They have no clue who I am. Who, who's yeah. this fat old guy walking up to me? And I've but seen, I, you know, I'll be up there saying, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I've seen Brennan O'Neill in person at the Under Armour stuff. This will be the first regular season game, um, which I was always one of those things like, that'll be interesting to say the least, because obviously it's been a year. Oh, well, not quite a year, almost a year since I've seen him. And like the videos that I've seen, I'm like, I think he's gotten bigger. <laughs> the kids, the kids, a beast. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of talent or any of these teams. Like it's, no. and the nice thing is like any, if uh, you're listening to this, cause I know you usually release the podcast late Saturday night. So if you're listening to this early Sunday, like these games are on ESPN, I think it's ESPN U and ESPN three. So it's a streaming service. Um, but they are in some form format of availability to watch like i don't know if they're going to do it on demand i hope so because i know for me since i'm usually watching it through the lens of a camera or writing notes like you miss things you don't watch the game in the same way whenever you're you know videotaping or uh, photographing the game so i'm hoping for my case that i'm like i can go to the sideline i can do what i need to do there i can talk to the coaches but then i can also come home and just watch the game as a fan because it the, the talent is too good to pass up i mean the matchups they got are pretty phenomenal. I mean, right. It's just amazing. It's, it's pretty amazing. The, the, the lineup. I mean, it was one of those, like I was trying to see if there was another game on Sunday I could fit in, but, um, yeah, I got to fly out. I have to work Monday. Right. So <laughs> I can't, I can't miss my day job too often for, uh, for fun like this, but I figure I can do it for a couple of times. So, absolutely. So yeah, it should be fun. And, uh, I think next week we're going to have to do a report back of, you know, if you ate any place fun, because if you, I'm going to recommend one place because I ate years and years ago. I went to an Under Armour tryout at Massapequa, and there was this place I ate called Chow Baby, um, C I A O Baby. It's in Massapequa. I know where it is. They have. It's, right. um, it's not far from where I'm going. It is. Uh, oh, it was so good. I forget. I got some sort of Italian taco. 
that was fantastic. Like I did a little sampler thing because it was on man. People's food. head, people's head just blew up in Long Island when you said Italian taco. Oh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was so good. I don't remember. And then they had a, it was a meatball stuffed with mozzarella that was the size of a softball. Oh, so good. Um, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. The place was so good. I told my buddy who's going with me. I was like, yeah, we're going there. <laughs> it's like, there's not a, I'll have, I'll have to, I'll have to try it. I usually like going to the bay. Uh, you know, and going to get seafood, the fresh seafood and stuff like that, which I love. But I'm trying to think, will it be okay? Then, yeah, it'll be it'll be warm enough. Yeah, it should be uh, fine. Hopefully, yeah, I, I haven't I, even I, checked I, the weather. I, mean, right? <laughs> I sit out like I like to sit out on the pier. You know, you get a beer, you get uh, clams, you get oysters, you get uh, whatever they whatever's fresh coming in. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'm gonna so, anger a whole raft of East Coasters right now. I've never been a seafood guy. I like it uh, fine, but it's never what I it's never what I crave. So. Well, my kids are spoiled now. So, like when the, the like my my daughter who's twelve says, "I only have linguine and clam sauce when I'm on Long Island." I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> right." And my son, like, "Oh, I only have now." I could I agree with him here because now it's I've become the snob. He can only have a crab cake when he's in Maryland, and I'm like, "I agree because now I, it's ruined it for me." Yeah. Because when I go to a restaurant in the Midwest and I get a crab cake and it looks like a hockey puck. I'm used to the crab cakes out in, in Baltimore yeah. that look like a softball. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's grilled and it's just barely put together. So there has been a few things that have been well, we'll spoil. For me. Yeah. Right. But had, yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to uh, go try food all the time. So yeah. I, I'll give it a shot. I'm going to be there for what Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Yes, I'll be there for three nights, and the games are in the day. You know, I got in-laws who are putting me up. I might as well say, hey, let's, you know, let's go get a little dinner on me. Thanks for the If it's close enough the to them, they, they, probably it's had, close enough. they probably had it. Like, like oh, I said, yeah. it was on Man versus Food. That's how I found it. And I was one of those. Oh, yeah, and they, uh, yeah. it was one of those I was like, because I'm always like, whenever I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, what's someplace fun? Like someplace off the beaten path. No one wants, I don't want to eat Ruby Tuesdays. I can do that any day. Like, you know, you right. know what you're getting, but I'm like, it's no fun. So always nice to get the, the local taste of what's going on. That place was like. As soon as I saw that, that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, "Oh, I get to go see good lacrosse games." Like, "Oh, I can go back and eat that place." <laughs> was... And then I've got to, I've got to bring back my wife the the bagels from her favorite bagel shop, but that's a that's a tough one. I go twelve hours. I I got to seal these things up because yeah. they're used to them right there, ready to go. So twelve hours, but I I, I have no choice. Car. <laughs> I have to bring them home. Twelve hours. I, it, it's going to make that gra- a little faster to make sure I can get them as fresh as possible. Yeah. When I come walking in the door around one thirty in the morning, you're here are your bagels. Not, here are not, your home bagels. Not to turn this into a food podcast, but my brother made the request. He was like, can you bring some Giordano's back? Because they do the frozen ones, the pre, right. pre-frozen ones. They're like, can you bring some Giordano's back with you? <laughs> like, Tell I him you the want the Lou, Mel, get the Lou Malnati's ones. I tried to convince him, but I think the Giordano's advertises on WGN. Oh, so okay. he's he's obviously he lives in Maryland. He's a Cubs fan, but he's watched the uh, ads. He just And he likes the Giordano's, but I'm like, yeah. That's I, right. I'm gonna angry the mid. I'm just gonna anger everybody. Like I do prefer Luminati's from to Giordano's. Like that's not angering anyone. Anyone from Chicago knows Luminati's is the best. Yeah, yeah well, some people. Well, I can no. anger them because I really prefer uh, New York style. So <laughs> See, I can't. Right. Well, that's. I will also be inundated with that because that's what I get when they're calling it a pie. Here, have a slice of pie. I, I, again, this is a whole well, other. We issue. Can, I, you know, it's like I got. I got. It's like when I first moved out here, we're not going to turn this into a food podcast because I will alienate everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I moved out here, I was like, yeah, we, there was the whole New York versus Chicago style. I fall on the wrong side of the uh, the pattern, but luckily I'm not alone because there's New York I'm style pizzas out here. <laughs> right, but, I, but I'm from Chicago. My wife's from New York. So if you if you don't think there's certain food things that we fight about, yeah, 
it's it's uh, and, that, and the, the kids have been split both ways. You got one kid who's oh. like the New Yorker, the other kid who's like the Chicagoan. <laughs> and then we live in Indiana. Go yeah, figure. So yeah, go figure. We're, All right, we're so not any good food. We'll, we'll do a follow up on that next week. So, uh, yeah. Michael, have a have a great trip. Be safe. Um, tell everybody where they can find you online as you travel the country. Uh, you can find me on uh, laxrecords.com. My email is mward at laxrecords.com. Or uh, on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is at MFWCHI. Uh, and again, anyone who's been following me knows that they will. I will have a conversation with you. I'll talk to you about anything. I love it. So please reach out if you want to talk. And you can find me at Lax Records on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Obviously, I mentioned it earlier, but YouTube.com slash Lax, slash Lax Records. We're approaching 200 subscribers now. So we hit the 100 and we're moving on to two. Um, so, yeah, definitely check us out there where obviously you can watch this podcast if you're listening to it. Um, if you're watching it, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like. Um, we'd love to hear some feedback. What do you think about parents behaving badly? What's your favorite places to eat when you go on trips? <laughs> like, I would love to hear that because if nothing else, it gives me a few more places to try next time I go on a trip. I'd love some of your recommendations. I'm sure that'll be the bigger response. There, there might be a little response about, oh, yeah, parents are bad, but here's a great place to eat. Oh, yeah. everyone Because everyone can talk about a good place to eat. Everybody's happy, got that place. That's happier, right. Everybody's got that place that they've tried. They're like, this is the best place I've ever eaten. So we'd love to hear that. That's what I want to hear, you know, because we're not going to solve the other issue. But we can find some great places to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everybody. Have a week. See ya.